Welcome to the Human Capital Lab, a podcast for learning and development leaders who understand education is the link between employee fulfillment and corporate productivity. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Epler. Let's get started. As we discussed in one of our first episodes, companies spend a considerable amount of money on learning and development, upwards of $1,300 per worker. With recent SEC reporting requirements, the intense competition for employees and retaining them, companies need to understand the impact of their L&D spend more than ever before. Understanding there is more than one way to measure that impact is also important for leaders who aren't measuring now, but know that they need to. The Human Capital Lab published a benchmark study on the state of corporate learning measurement. We'll put a link to the white paper in this episode's show notes. The State of Corporate Learning Measurement Today, a survey of current and intended practices, discusses despite pressure to measure the impact of their work, many L&D professionals have yet to incorporate ROI metrics into their programs. The study investigated why that was. Of the 37% who did not measure, 32% reported they'd like to, but... They lacked expertise, lacked the data, or needed help in finding simple, common-sense solutions. So I have that guest if you are one of that 32% who's looking for common-sense solutions. After I heard Jennifer's presentation about measuring learning, I knew I had to invite her to share her measurement strategy with our listeners. Welcome to the Human Capital Lab, Jennifer. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Jennifer Budvite is the Director of Global Learning and Development with Tiffany & Company. Looking for those blue boxes? Jennifer's first career was a professional ballerina. For her second career, she found the HR and talent development space and quickly fell in love with the industry. Jennifer has an ongoing focus on evaluation strategies to measure the impact and value of talent programs to achieve the business results. Now, the last time we met, you had just presented an exciting and holistic view of how you created a complete measurement strategy, which tied global talent and HR programs and processes to achieve desired business goals of your organization. Your presentation really did inspire so many leaders in the room that I knew you had to join me to help our listeners find their way to create a measurement strategy that works for them, but isn't overwhelming. So could you just share a little bit of background as to your start in talent development? Sure. Well, as you mentioned, it is a unique path to get to where I am today in my career. And so I have been in the HR, the talent development, learning and development space for over 20 years. Don't want to date myself too much. (laughs) And I've been really fortunate to work in various industries and mostly in global large-scale organizations. So I've worked in nonprofit, global logistics, software development, healthcare, and now, as you mentioned, luxury retail. And yes, who doesn't love a blue box? Um, This is all my second career. And so my first career truly was being a professional ballerina. So I live in New York, in case you have not already guessed by my accent. And I was a principal member of one of the largest regional ballet companies at the time. So with learning at a very early age that a career path 
or actually even a life path is never a straight line. And it's in those turns that you learn the most. If you would have asked me while I was in my court shoes and performing as the sugar plum fairy in the Nutcracker, if I could see myself as the head of global learning and development at Tiffany & Co, probably bet I would say no then. But now reflecting on my career to this point, it, it really completely makes sense. I am a strong believer of everything happens for a reason. And once I found the area of talent development and learning and development, I was really hooked. It's amazing all the different path options you can take. I'd like you to share with our audience when and why you started building your personal measurement strategy approach. <laughs> yeah. So as I began working in learning and development in global logistics, and that was at that point in my career when I really started specializing in learning and development, it kind of struck me as odd that my peers on the leadership team did not kind of just get why learning <laughs> and development was so important. I got it. How could they not know? How could they not know? Exactly. Why couldn't they get it? In addition, why were other support services like finance and legal, they were being asked to join the brainstorming sessions and I wasn't. And it was at that point that I realized, well, they don't live learning and development every day. So why would they get it? And furthermore, is it really their job to just get it? Or is it my job to translate what we do and provide language that would make it easy for them to get it? Like teaching them. Exactly. Yeah. And so it was around this time that I was given the opportunity by my manager at the time to get my master's degree in learning and performance technology, which is really a fancy way of saying that my degree is in all aspects that contribute to job performance. And when training or learning is part of the gap in performance, how to design and develop it. But a common thread throughout my program was how to measure and evaluate anything being done and how to connect that to the impact and value that is being provided to the organization. So when I moved on, my next um, industry that I worked in was in software development as part of a global talent development team. Our team was experiencing the same questions, the same not being invited to the brainstorming table. And it just kept coming up for me that I knew I needed to learn more about measurement. So I, again, was very fortunate to have managers and mentors there who supported me. And I ended up going on a three-year journey to achieve my Gold Kirkpatrick Partners Certification. You see the theme of continuous learning mm -hmm. here, right? And from there, I felt like I had the tools and knowledge that I needed to work with clients and organizations on how to build holistic measurement strategies. So over your career in talent development now, what were some of the lessons learned as you built your measurement strategies that others could take note of? There's been many lessons learned and <clears throat> some are probably took me longer to learn than I'd like to admit. But I would probably say for keeping it short and sweet to um, three key lessons that I've learned. Okay. My first key lesson is that it's not about, we're not being asked to be order takers because if we are, then we're never going to be able to indicate impact and value in a measurement strategy, but rather for us to be consultants with that. So working together to align what the need is, what the gap in performance is, 
and together come up with a solution, program, tool, whatever it is that will address that challenge. My second piece of advice or key lesson is that there is no bad data. If you're going to do something with the data collected, then it's the right data. No one's expecting that you get everything perfectly right 100% of the time. There is a business challenge and you work together to come up with a proposed solution. You implement that and measure its effectiveness. And the measurement strategy will produce the right data. And then with what worked, you continue with. And what didn't, you pivot, shift, and adjust. And so my third is that it's not the responsibility of your peers to learn our language. It's our responsibility to translate what we do into the language of the business. And that's what legal does. It's what finance does. And it's what we need to do. That makes complete sense. So I believe, and I've, I even heard some of this in what you were saying earlier about the importance of managing your message and sharing out your team's progress and contributions. And as leaders are crafting their measurement strategies, what do you recommend and how they might effectively communicate to their company officers and internal network their data needs and aspirations to be able to get started measuring? My advice is to use the data that's available. Sales okay. metrics, quotas, engagement survey, gathering feedback. Um, however, I would share that it's our job to look at the work we do with a marketing and communications lens. It's okay. not enough to do the program, the process, the, the, pro the course. It's to be able to market and communicate why what you're providing is needed for the business. And if we're not doing that, then no one will know that they need what we're selling. Yeah. And I suppose that really not only impacts the company officers, but it also impacts why the learner would want to take this learning and why they would want to participate because this percentage actually progressed further along in their career. This many people were promoted. This many people had an improvement of a performance that might impact their bonus. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you think about the stakeholders or the people interested in learning about what you're doing, it's future participants. It's the managers of <laughs> those participants. It's the stakeholders, the executive team. If you don't have them on board with you, then they're not going to want to invest. I always say that one of the litmus tests of <laughs> a good measurement strategy is, are you pushing out? Come to this, attend mm -hmm. this, participate, give us feedback use the website or are they coming and they're pulling like, uh, hey, we need more of that. I heard about this program. Can we talk about how that would look for my team? When they start pulling even a little, then you know you're on the right track because now you have a product. It's supply and demand, right? Yeah. You have a product that they are interested in versus you being in that pushing game all the time. That's a great internal metric for them to start taking a look at and saying, what, what are my top products that I have in my portfolio right now that maybe I should be investing more in and what is not? Yeah. And basing what you invest in and what you don't invest in based on the needs of the business. You know, I sometimes think we neglect the what to measure mm. and the variables such as culture and skill sets needed to develop a strong measurement practice and talent development. 
Will you share advice when it comes to the what programs might be good to start with for beginners entering their management strategy practices beyond what's being pulled? <laughs> the advice I would give would be to think bigger first. What is the stakeholder? What is the business looking for? What are they asking for? Why are they asking for it? What do they see as the gap? And to be the consultant, to get curious, to ask questions, practice active listening. Success is not what you deem to be successful. Success or the what, to answer your question, mm -hmm. the stakeholders are looking for, it's not determined by you. It's determined by them. You know, they are looking for a change in behavior or an impact to the business. And that doesn't happen when they're engaging with a website or they're in a program or attending a training. It happens when they go back. So the short answer to where to start for the what is to think about those steps. Who is your audience and what is the story that they need and want to hear? Because if you can tie your program to that what and then measure against that what, they see the impact. So if leaders are unsure of the skill sets that they themselves need or their team needs to begin their management strategy development, what do you think that they should focus on? One of the things that we talk about here at Tiffany um, with our chief HR officer is that it's about knowing your business and knowing your people. The other skill set that I would say is critical, really in all aspects of business, is storytelling. And so how are you going to take the data from your measurement and evaluation and turn it into the story your stakeholders and clients need and want to hear? So when you have that skill of being able to tell stories, that's what brings it to life. It's about telling stories and making it resonate. It made me think about making the numbers come to life. You can have a great tableau data view. You can have all these things. But when you start telling stories about individual employees or specific departments and the change and the impact that that made in the employees and customers, then it's you seem to the eyes don't glaze over hearing those stories about how it makes a difference and how there's significance in the learning not only brings value to your product but it also brings value to your team when you know who your audience is when you know who you're trying to convince or sell or promote whatever it is you need to collect all the data but no one cares about all the data right <laughs> yeah. so you know, if I'm running a program, I do need to know to make sure that our instructional design is sound, that the learning objectives were achieved, that they had time to practice, that the number of people that attended, whether or not it resonated with them or the materials that we provided helped them in their learning. Okay, I need that data. But my CFO, any CFO, they don't care. And that's also a hard pill for us <laughs> to swallow sometimes. How could they not care about all of the amazing materials I created? Because they don't. Right. They want to know, in my case, I need to make sure that I am always sharing what is the return on investment that my CEO, our chief of sales is going to get by taking client advisors off the sales floor, letting them go back of house and join a virtual leadership development program. Why is that worth the money that I'm going to lose in order to you know, develop them? Sure, I want to develop my people. But what's, when it comes down to it, we're running a business. 
Right. So finally, I'd like to add, what do you think is next for measurement as we're moving forward? You know, our, our stakeholders are changing, our customers are changing, technology is constantly evolving. I think that we have a marketing challenge. Every organization does a lot of great things, but people don't know about them. It's not enough to understand what, who your stakeholders are, what story they need and want to hear. So then based on that, what data am I going to collect? If you don't follow that through line all the way to sharing the results of that, that storytelling, then without you telling a story, they will make up a story and their made up story will go right back on their confirmation bias that they don't understand what you're doing and what you're talking about. It's the nice to have when we have time. Everything is critical and changing too quick. So no one has time. And then you become a cost center and then they cut your budget. Making sure that you're marketing the products that you're creating is I think where the focus needs to be on. If a measurement strategy that that includes telling the story is done fully, that measurement story should become your marketing. So it becomes a cycle that ends in a good way. So another thing I like to do in our podcast is learn a little bit more about what those in charge of learning learn. So my question to you is I'd love to learn a little bit about some of your favorite go-to podcast blogs, e-newsletters, conferences, events that you go to, to develop yourself? Yeah. Love this question. I would say that it has served me throughout my career. It's what led me to measurements. It's what led me to my master's degree. Most recently, I just completed a change management certification with eCornell. Uh, it was great to go through a program with eCornell and see how they do synchronous and asynchronous learning at the same time. Something that's been on my list for quite a while and for many reasons, it kept getting pushed, but I am in the process of attaining my ICF coaching certification. Great. Everything from a leadership development and a leadership strategy perspective that I do is rooted in neuroscience. So we work a lot with the Neural Leadership Institute. So I'll give them a shout out. I like attending. The Chief Learning Officer conferences are always great. And we are a member of I4CP, which is the Institute for Corporate Productivity. And so able to go to them as well. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I'd like to remind our listeners that Bellevue University's Human Capital Lab has many measurement resources, like the study I talked about, the state of corporate learning measurement. We also have how to measure your learning interventions and quite a few other white papers and tools at our webpage, humancapitallab.org. So Jennifer, thank you so much for joining me today. You've really provided a lot of great takeaways for our listeners. Thank you again so much for inviting me. Um, invite any of your listeners to connect with me on LinkedIn, Jennifer Budvite. And thank you so much for the opportunity. This concludes our Human Capital Lab podcast. Please remember to tell your network about this podcast 
and give us a like so more L&D leaders can find us. We hope you will continue to follow this podcast as we expand our L&D conversations from the C-suites to thought leaders and practitioners in our field. If you have any feedback regarding topics, guests, or how we can improve your listening experience, send me a note at epler at bellevue.edu with a subject line, HCL Podcast.